Hello and welcome back to Football Genthron, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. Or maybe the only podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I don't know. We haven't looked. I am your host, Autumn, and I am joined here today by the usual suspects, Chadens and Armin. How are you boys doing today? Frustrated as usual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the results we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a especially after especially after the national team camp and the Tsarukian event at the UFC. Yeah, yeah, that was a frustrating fight last night. Everything uh, adds up, you know. Based Only congratulations on that, to basketballs. Oh, yeah, basketball. Well, who lost <laughs> to Syria by, like, a point or something today? Um, yeah. Anyway, as you could tell, uh, we are recording well after the Armenian national team's uh what can probably only be described as embarrassing Nations League campaign so far. Uh, and we will be first taking a look at the last two national team games that we still have yet to discuss. First, we're going to start off with Armenia's 3-0 loss versus the Ukraine. Uh, this match was, of course, played in Poland, uh, where it was a very tactically defensive approach from Joaquin Kaparos, uh, which ended up, of course being the downfall once again. I'll start with you, Armen. Um, 60 minutes, 70 minutes of solid focus from Armenia. What went wrong? You said it. I mean, uh, I'm, I would say that Malinovsky's opener was unstoppable. So that one couldn't have been avoided. But maybe... Maybe that's exactly what happened. Maybe that external, unavoidable uh, force, unstoppable force that was Malinovsky's strike, that made them uh, fall. Because otherwise, if Ukraine weren't really playing that much better. I mean, yeah, they had possession and all, but they weren't breaking through the defense. In fact, that's the whole reason why the, the score got open. Uh, a long distance shot and that was it that that was all that it took the opposition to break our spirits and that cannot happen to a professional team so often at least yeah and and um it's interesting you mentioned that because uh if i recall correctly um one thing that we had discussed in depth about um in the scotland match the first match against scotland in match day two was Armenia's inability to get anything going um, in the final third. And this was pretty much the case again in this game. I mean, there wasn't yeah, really I, much I, happening I, for us. I don't know. I mean, yeah, a little bit, kind of, in a way. But then again, the Scots had a much easier time breaking through our defense, and they were looking way more dangerous than the Ukrainians. Uh yeah. It's, which means, which tells me that our play against Ukraine was pretty much better than the one we displayed against Scotland in Glasgow uh, at the first uh, Scotland game. Um, so I wouldn't say that the same happened in Ukraine in, against Ukraine that happened in, in Glasgow. I would say things were a little bit different. We were playing a little bit better, especially in defense much more organized and and i guess rotation wasn't entirely there and that's another big issue we have to address but uh, we'll, we'll get so it to not, that well, that's exactly. actually what, uh, what my next question was going to be and this is going to be the chadens 
uh, in this game against Ukraine, we saw a little bit of rotation, not as much as we would have liked. But weirdly enough, uh, two very key players to our national team, uh, Eduard Spertian and your, of course, Cypriot buddy, Hovanes Hambarzumian of Anorthorsi, were left off of the squad entirely for this game and not even given options from the bench. Um, what were your thoughts about that, about the rotation challenge or lack thereof? I was expecting the rotation, if I remember correctly. I was saying something in the group chat that I was expecting it. But, I mean, look, we don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of uh, players that we can say that we can rely on. So any kind of rotation would be like, wow, why is he not playing? Why is he not continuing? I have, uh, to, I have to disagree, but go on. Their form. Um, My point is, Chadens, more more of, don't you think that these guys these guys should have at least been on the bench to be an option to come out? Bench obviously that, left yeah. out of the squad doesn't make sense though. Armin, what are your thoughts? I have to disagree that we don't have depth. Uh, oh. I think we do have depth. What we don't have uh, is trust in that depth uh what we don't have is the right calls and sometimes that's not even up to the coach we we know this by now uh you know i mean for instance a player that started against actually two players that started against ukraine that should have well started against scotland for instance right without going further artaktashian and edgar babayan they started against ukraine and they were i Safe bet is to call both of them the standouts in that game Absolutely. against Ukraine. Absolutely. Uh, I get that Babayan had to be subbed off early because of the yellow card and the lack of practice. But for those 55 to 60 minutes, he was <laughs> the only one doing something in offense and, and contributed a lot in defense. And Artak Dashan was a beast for the entire game. Uh, so I wouldn't say that we don't have depth. We do. Mm. We we just have to work on it. I mean, yeah. trust in that depth, getting players in and, and making them play. Uh, no, the depth is there. Uh, it, it's other things that's getting in the way. Well, speaking of getting in the way, Ukraine got in the way of us getting some points. Uh, but it was a little bit expected, I would say. Uh, we knew going into this Nations League, these first four matches, that we had an away game against Scotland and then away game to Ukraine, uh, and we weren't necessarily expecting points. Um, points would have been nice, but it wasn't an expectation. But we did expect, when we come back home, to get something off of Scotland, at least a point. And it kind of started off a little bit weird, because speaking of this, keeping on this topic of rotation, Sargis Adamian was completely dropped from the squad. Um, having played... I think a total of about 135 minutes in three games. Uh, and then he just whoop, fell off the face of the squad, uh, which was the other weird decision considering, you know, at least keep him on the bench. And he's a great game-changing option. I mean, he's one of our most quality players. Anyway, so lineup comes out against Scotland. Uh, not many rotations. Baidamian and Barsagian starting for their fourth game in a row. I think uh, Tico was the only player. That was awful. Tico was the only player that did not rest, uh, or I believe, 
at all. I think he started every game. He did get subbed off in one game, uh, but it was very late. And I believe that was the game against Ukraine. Uh, But despite all of these fears, this game started off tremendously for us. And it was, of course, Tigran Barcegan, who had an incredible play down the right wing, outpacing the defender, faking him out, getting past another defender, and then squaring it to Vaham Bichakchan to score his first competitive goal for the national team. And five minutes into this game against Scotland in Yerevan, we were up 1-0. And I think there was a moment during that time where where we felt like this is ours for the taking. Right, Anman? Not just for a moment. I would say for the entire first half until that incident. Which we will get to. But first, uh, the game was there. I mean, for 45 minutes, 44. Even uh-huh. when they, even when they scored the, the equalizer. Yes. You know, yeah. when it went one-one, I believe it was around the 15th to 20th minute or something. Uh, yeah. Even after that, our players did not lose focus as I would have thought they would. Uh, <laughs> they got back in the game, and the, for the second half of the first half. From 21st minute until the, that 44th minute, it was 20 to 25 minutes of, again, uh, very organized defense and a dominant display. Even though we were mostly in defense, we were the more dangerous force. I, yeah, and that's evident by the amount of shots that we had in that first half. We had a tremendous number of opportunities, including uh, another offsides goal. This is the second offsides goal of this campaign so far, uh, where Eduard Spertian with an over-the-top ball found Bayramian, who on his first True. attempt couldn't finish, but then put it in the back of the net in his second attempt. And it was a very close offsides decision. It was the correct decision, but it was extremely close. And and I remember uh, on a couple of occasions in that first half, Eduard was making some incredible passes. I mean, I remember... Yeah. He, a great through ball straight down the middle of the defense to Tigran Barcelona, the over-the-top ball to Bayramian. He was controlling that midfield. And and I think this what we had seen during that, like, 44 minutes, I'm going to call it, um, I think that's exactly what Joaquin Caparos was trying to get us to play this whole time. That, that was literally mm-hmm. how I think he, he tinkered to the point that he finally found it. He found, oh, this is exactly what it was supposed to be like. Granted, you know, there was a lack of quality and tired legs, which led to us not capitalizing on some chances. And, and that goes to, like, what you said, Armin, of if uh, if Babayan was in, which I fully believe he should have started, uh, it would have been a lot different. I believe he would have put away a couple of those chances that, that Barcelian, um that couldn't put away. So... But then we get into, again, the decision-making of mm-hmm. squad selection, of, uh, of of starting 11 selection. And then in the 44th minute, I think exactly what we had feared uh, came to fruition. Uh, now, I'm going to let Armin or Chadens, whoever wants to explain what happened, happen. Because at the time, I had to, like, scramble back to my laptop to get onto a Zoom meeting. So I didn't really see what had happened, I only saw yeah. it a little bit later. So, Armin, <laughs> can you explain to the listeners what happened? All right. Uh, let's get into the incident, per se. Uh, it was a foul play a little bit, you know, just, just 
stuff that happens in football. Uh, a challenge, uh, a tackle here, a challenge there, an elbow, uh, a shove. And the Scottish player goes down to the to the floor, gets back up, says something to the player that committed the foul, which was Arman Hovannesian, and uh, which most people by now remember as the guy that got the red card against Norway in that <laughs> tragic night, which we won't get into. Uh, I I think the Scots made their ho- did their homework because they knew this guy is easily gets easily angry. The Scottish player said something to Arman and he completely lost his head. He completely lost it. He went nuts. And for some reason, Arman said something back. Then the Scottish said something back. Arman went onto him, like got in his face, literally. Yeah, I think that, he was like, Arra! You could see that. Yeah, see literally that. That, the... that classic <laughs> word. He got into his face literally and said something. He was about to kill him. And that was enough for the Scott to very, in a very smart Latin American fashion, went down to the floor acting as if Arman uh, headbutted him, which of course didn't happen. But that's enough. The gesture is enough for the ref to consider that a red card foul. And... That was it for us. Red card. Uh, oh, by the way, that's the incident. But we we, we also and were constantly reminded by Scottish fans from the Glasgow game, from the first game against Scotland, that when uh, the Scots scored that third, supposed third goal that was ruled offside, would have been the third goal in only the first half. That situation, Arman lost his head again and grabbed a water bottle and, and, and literally throwed it, uh, threw it uh, nowhere, like the, the, the empty space in absolute mm-hmm. anger. And it could have hit someone. Uh, <laughs> and if it did, you know, that would have been another red card for him. And could have well been another fiasco. The lesson here is that Arman may be somewhat good. Sometimes he's, I stand by this, he's not a bad player, but his discipline and lack of responsibility makes make him kind of a bad player. That's the reason why, despite having good performances, both in Ukraine and Kazakhstan, where he played, I saw his games, I followed his campaigns, and he played well in both leagues, which are top 30 leagues. Both of them. But for some reason, and now I know which reason it is, he never lasted more than a season in each uh, league. Well, that reason is indiscipline. Another huge issue that Armenia football needs to address. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and we saw the immediate ramifications of that as Scotland went up 2-1 within a minute or two minutes of, of the red card. So I think... And, and Joaquin Kapodos kind of put it best in his post-match press conference uh, where he said as soon as that red card was shown, he said the game was over. Um, and he was correct because when we got out into the second half, there were some wholesale changes from the Armenian side. Uh, and 
Scotland within the first 10 minutes of the second half scored twice. Um, and they were up 4-1, which ended up being the final score, except for the fact that despite being a man down, Armenia were still creating a number of chances. Um, and I think one bright spot was Arthur Seropian, who came off the bench and he mm. had this fantastic individual effort, got past the Scottish defender, like faked them out like nothing, and then gave it uh, across the face to uh, an oncoming Calvo Holonesian, who, of course, couldn't finish the chance, um, because why would he? Um, and, you know, th- and I believe Tigran Baxerian had a couple of chances. He had this insane effort from 40 yards out, which is typical Tico, but it ended up forcing a very good save from the goalkeeper. And we had several opportunities in that half, which the score could have easily been 2-4, 3-4. Um, and if we had taken our opportunities in the first half, maybe even 4-4. Um, but but that wasn't even the worst part about the game. Uh, in the near the end of the match, uh, Kamo Hovanesian, who came off the bench in this game, uh, oh also got a red card. Um, and I, I, so we we went down to nine players. And I think I even forgot about that one. Yeah, I, I know it's like that's how many things happened in this game that that we forgot about it. And again, it was a lack of discipline. Um, it was criminal stupid terrible decision making and i think was it was was really dangerous too man yeah very stupid tackle um and i think it just goes to show you that these two players uh just don't belong uh and i think if the football federation is listening and if the football federation had any sort of a spine i think they would just make the correct call here and just say you know what it's time to look at uh, to look elsewhere um and and unfortunately for these two guys yeah, who happen to come up it's time for changes and it is time for a change and, and and oddly enough in this match we found out i think a little bit after the match uh the Savikian brothers uh who uh one of them is a right winger the other one's a right back uh which are these two positions that these these two gentlemen play were actually had attended the game with uh with i believe it was the minister of sport uh, or, or who, I, I can't remember which which minister of of Armenia. Yeah, it was. Um, or cultural. It's the one. Cultural it's affairs. the one taking. It's all one ministry. And it's the guy taking care of the Sevikian brother uh, brethren case. Yeah, and and I'm sure someone whispered to those boys' ears during this game that. You see those two guys that just got sent off? That would be your competition for your place in the squad. Don't do that. There is none. You know, don't do that and you're on the team. (laughs) So, um, anyway, in sum, uh, we've played four games. We are currently bottom of the table on three points. We have a 1-0 win against Ireland and then a 3-0 loss against Ukraine uh, and then a... 4-1 4-1 loss against Scotland, and then I think it was like a, another narrow loss against Scotland. Uh, so we end it in a, with negative seven goal difference. We've only scored two goals, and we've conceded nine in four games despite playing in a defensive fashion. And I think um, we can say overall the national team's downfall in this window was the mentality or lack thereof. Um, but... The Nations League is not yet over because in late September, Armenia national team still have two matches to save themselves. And that would be against, uh, I believe, the Ukraine at home in Yerevan first 
and then away to the Republic of Ireland for the last match day, uh, which yeah. will likely be a 2011 nightmare scenario all over again, if <laughs> unless we see some dramatic changes. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, Chadens. Lots of transfers going on. Uh, lots yeah, of- it's that time of the season again. Yeah, so- yeah. You like this time of the season, huh? Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. You know, behind the scenes, we're also trying to make things happen. You know what I mean? Wink, wink. Um, yeah, so let's get started with the, the transfer window. Uh, so these are uh, the main notable names, notable transfers. Uh, the first one, we can begin with Henrik Mkhitaryan. So there are many reports that are saying that he has already signed the deal he has made his medical. Um, the club has not confirmed yet, I believe. Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, however, uh, it will be confirmed once his contract officially expires, which is on the 30th of June. So 1st of July, all these transfers are uh they, they happen more practically. Yes. So uh, Fabrizio Romano has confirmed it anyway. So therefore you can trust the most reliable source. In all if Romano already leaders. said their farewells. Yeah. And, and that too. That already makes sense. Uh, that already shows where he's going. That already shows that he's leaving. Uh, after winning the conference league with Roma. It's, it's brilliant. So let's see what he's going to do at Inter Milan. Same yes. league where notable uh, Armenian or Armenians, if I'm yeah, yeah have yeah. played. Yes, so, uh, it's it, it's actually the home Jorkaev. of his, uh, his idol, Jorkaev. So I think he's I think he was very happy to make this change because he would be following in the footsteps of I think his as he would say probably his best his favorite player of all time. So <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one, and I think. Um, it's also interesting because we know that he wants to play Champions League and that's mm. what that's what this is going to allow him to do, you know. Inter Milan are in the Champions League. Uh so, you know, let's see what Henrik can do. Same league, uh similar not they're similar style of play. It's a, it's a similar intensity. It's a, it's the same league, so uh, that's brilliant. They've got a lot of uh players as well. Who, that will give him competition, so it's good. Yeah. It is said that he's gonna be playing a more defensive role, a more creative. Yeah, I think he's um, he's gonna be a rotation player. I mean, I don't, he's not gonna start. I I, I doubt. No, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. possibly. But, yeah. But, but he's he's expected to play a more um creative kind of uh, deeper. Role, deeper assuming. exactly in the midfield role. CM CDM somewhere there, right? Somewhere. Roma was playing three five two, I think. Yeah, so but he was, like five, you know, five. He would uh, be one of the inside ones. Yeah, he he was playing as a as a number ten in the three five two with Roma under Mourinho. That's that's how that's what he was playing as. So I mean, it, it, we'll see what happens. At this point, I mean, he's retired from the national team. He's he's getting mm-hmm. his his bread before he inevitably comes to the MLS. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> and yeah, that's that it. would yeah, possible. That's possible. Next up, Edgar Babayan, the 26-year-old striker who actually had shots 
who actually had shots when he played for the national team. Uh, that that was one of the problems uh, for the national team, by the way. Uh, he signed for Randers. Again, another player in the same league. Uh, in the Danish Superliga, he signed a three-year contract. Hopefully, he can... He can uh, build up that form that he's for what, like one and a half years. He's trying to build. Yeah. Uh, moving from one club to another, not playing enough games. He and deserves it. I I agree, and I think he even said in an interview that you know he had made some of the decisions. I believe it was the the one going to the club in um, uh, oh my oh, god, what true. country? Latvia was it? Latvia, Armin? Yeah. Uh, Riga. Yeah, yeah, Riga. Yeah, he said like handball club. Yeah, he he had made some decisions for for money, but he said you know he's fully focused on his football now, and he's going back to his boyhood club of Randers uh, after leaving uh, Vechle, who were subsequently relegated. Um, really didn't have anything to do with Edgar. I mean, he came in the second half of the season and tried his best. Um, he only was able to do so much. I mean, he did score a few goals, so good for him. Uh, but yeah, now he's yeah, a, several assists too. Yeah, and, and he's mm. at a substantially better club, a historically great club where Euromovsisian also played. Uh, yeah. So, um, and, and Robert Ar- Arzumanian, too. And Robert Arzumanian. There you go. I was waiting for that one. Uh, so it's um, uh, hopefully he gets some good form, uh, gets in some goals, and comes into the national team camp in September, uh, fresh and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the next one, I shall be inviting... Uh, the centre-back that we've always wanted to see play for the national team uh, and hopefully he finally plays for the national team at some point um, uh, Artur Kardashian he will be coming to Olympiakos Nicosia in the separate first division from Noah he signed a one-year contract there's also a one-year extension clause um Olympiakos, a little insight. Um, Olympiakos, Nicosia, you could say they're similar to Urartu, which is they play the youngsters, as many youngsters as possible. They they they, they focus on that. Uh, they had two centre-backs, two main centre-backs, I believe. One of them, uh, his contract expired. He did not extend it. Therefore... He will possibly be taking his place. If he's not a starter, then at some point he will get to that. Uh, that he will get to that stage. A uh, super positive transfer, I would say, because uh, we talk about how you know Armenian center backs, the ones that we that tend to be called for the national team, are ones that play abroad or the ones that start. I should say. Um, and, you know, we have to start looking yeah. elsewhere because Andre Chalisir has been, I mean, like we love him. And, of course, we want him fit and healthy. But he's gotten injured. You know, he's missed the last six national team games yeah. now. A lot. Yeah. yeah. Due to injury. And so and this is showed. a yeah. And this is a very positive move for Kartashan because he's going into a team that is in. It's not a bad team, but it's a team that you could clearly tell just just through statistics alone that um, 
they are in, they're in need of a stronger defense. Uh, they play, they have a, they ended the season with a minus one goal difference, which is not good. You know, you always want to stay positive in, in, in the goal difference. And I think if you're bringing in a reinforcement like Kartashian, you're doing it because he's going to be playing. So um, hopefully yeah, that puts bro, him in the national team picture. You said it strictly positive because a relatively young center back like himself, granted, of course, he took a two year uh, hiatus from his pro career for personal reasons, which we know and, and fully support that. But he's still young for a center back at 25 mm -hmm. years old. He's going from their APL, you know, the Armenian Premier League, to Cyprus, uh, which we've talked time and again. We, we said that's the ideal move uh, as a transitional league. Uh, it's, it's like it all adds up. It's a perfect full, full circle. And hopefully it will go well for him. It will. Yeah, I'm positive it will. They don't have Europe, uh, which we which is something that we usually look for. Mm -hmm. But it, uh, the, I guess no he'll fight for it. Either so. Mm. Two two years ago, uh, two years ago, this team was uh, the finalist against Ampartumian. Ampartumian won the won that final. By uh, the way. Yeah, remember the. Yeah, I remember the, that one. It was that one. The, the, it was this team that oh. they played against. I, I mean, plus the competition is a little better, but not too much better. Like, uh, hmm. it's ideal. Yeah. I would say it's ideal. Mm -hmm. A good first move out of the country for him. I agree. Well, this next one, it's yeah, a loan. Speaking of ideal. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Pavel Gorelov, he signed uh, a four-year loan deal uh, with FC Van in the Armenian Premier League from Rostov. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, he's. He's a uh, future Gentron, uh, future football star. star. I, <laughs> future Gentron football star. <laughs> well, did I, I said future star, no? <laughs> you said future Gentron football star? Really? Nice. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> we all needed a bit of a laugh. Um, yeah. Yeah, we did. He's, he's from our last one. So... Armin, Armin knows a lot about this guy, actually. He's exactly what we need. I mean, I actually I was I was out when when I saw this when I saw this piece of news and I was this can't be right. I mean, <laughs> Rostov, bro, it, he was uh, he made his Russian Premier League debut at age 17. It was. Like, yeah, granted, it was for COVID reasons <laughs> back when Khorik Baidamin was the Russian Premier League's uh, uh, first case of COVID two years ago. But still, he is their youth team's captain. He makes bench every now and then. He played for the cup at the senior level. Uh, he He's awesome. He he is already uh, Armenia U19, uh, under 19 international, of course, defensive mid. For those that don't know, and <laughs> for those that do know, that's exactly what we need in the national team, in the senior national team, a defensive mid. And I was asking the guys, is this loan going to be a six-month loan, 
or a full year loan. And why do I ask this? Because if it's a six month loan to Van or any team in the APL for that matter, uh, we only have two games for this semester, the, uh, this upcoming second semester of 2022. Um, and that's not enough. That two games is not enough for a double nationality uh, eligible player to get like uh, that's under 19 years old by the way according to FIFA standards that's not enough to secure a senior international spot for that country under 19 players or players under the age of 19 need three or more caps well with a full year loan in Armenia making it closer for him and more feasible for him getting senior playtime at Van it's completely possible for Pavel to get three caps or why not more. Uh, and, and I'm sure this is the only reason why this is happening, hopefully. And, and we don't want to bring too much attention in case, you know, uh, the Russian FA is listening, but too late. Oh, well, they're the, the, not. The loan, the loan, not. The loan is already signed. The loan is already signed. So, well, uh, I- I think considering that Gorilov's already plays for the youth national team along with his teammate, Coach Ganyan, um, I, I don't think there's going to be any issues at this point. I think the fact that they were able to commit at such a young age to play for Armenia and they weren't playing Russian youth like a lot of the other players were and then wanting to make the switch later on in their career, I, I see this as, as a general positive for him because um, if... if, if Joaquin Kapados is looking at the domestic league for our defensive midfielders, which he clearly is, um, because all the ones that were called up are from our domestic league. If this kid has a solid first couple months, and and he he is known for scoring a couple goals, I mean, he is some arguments can can be made. But let's see what he can do. I think it's an overall positive move. Definitely, and and on the one hand, if we look at examples like uh, I don't know Artem Simonian that played even youth for Armenia, uh, like he never even doubted that. But that meant that Artem was gonna get frozen as he did. Uh, we're gonna get into Artem in, in a little bit, but going into that example, this might not be like the best idea because Pavel and and, and of course Kochkanian and others play for us at already. Uh, youth level but on the other hand uh, Pavel is way younger than what Artem Simonian was when he made his uh, first senior when he had his first senior uh, full season this is going to be it for him this is going to be his breakthrough and and that's where the unprecedented is happening for us Um, I don't know I mean but speaking of Artem Simonian, we have some news on him. Uh, challenge yeah. us a little bit about Artem. He's on he's on trial at the Russian second tier at Volgar Astrakhan. Uh, well, sorry, the trial at Torpedo Moscow from uh, Volgar Astrakhan, so which is Russian uh, Premier League. Therefore, it's a it's a step above. Uh, it's a, it's a one more one higher step. Uh, Artur Daniela yep. also is uh, on trial. He's in the list uh, from Panseraikos, uh, which is Greek second tier. He's having a trial at Ach uh, Zaik uh, at the Kazakhstan uh, 
Premier League, which is, again, uh, a higher step. A very, very nice place. Yeah, that, that's that's better than where he was. We're hoping for him to go to the first division, but it, we knew it wasn't possible. We knew we knew it wasn't no, it, it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, the, the, the goal for Panzerikos was to avoid relegation to Greek third tier, yeah. and he was he was instrumental for that, which is clearly why he's now getting a trial at the Kazakh Premier League, and hopefully both of these uh, trials end up materializing and they sign contracts because we could use both the both of them at the national team especially of course Danielian uh on the one hand because of position he's right back that can also play center back but on the other hand because uh I as much as I love Artem Simonian and I highly highly assess his skills and abilities he's more than good enough to get into national team rotation for us mm-hmm. we know that uh his transfer actually two years ago or one year ago his trans- he had an almost done deal to Russian Premier League side Nizhny Novgorod, and sadly that one didn't materialize because of extra external factors we all know about. So I don't know about Artem. I love him, but uh, it could not like it. He's playing at Torpedo. Like he's already a deep a part of the rotation, and the coaches love him and everything. But everything can happen because it's Russia, you know. So we we cannot like depend on him. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna. That's a Speaking no. Speaking of me. undependables, <laughs> that's a no for me. I, I just don't think any of these two players are gonna be in the national team picture anytime soon. I, I just can't. Do see you it. think? Nah, I don't. Bro, I don't it's think a so. it's a Kazakh Premier League team. I mean, I agree, and it's a and defender. I, I agree, but I just I don't I don't Come think. On. I, I'd rather give the opportunity to other players. I mean, I'd much rather Come see Derderian. Mm. I'd much rather see yeah. Ambarsumian. I'd much rather see uh, Coach Kanyan Come from on. the under-21. To be fair, Co- Coach Kanyan is great and uh, and all, but he is not uh, like a staple at Rostov Senior Squad. That's not good. That that's not going to yeah. cut it for a mini national course. team. And all, yeah. So I mean, mm. I mean, there's. I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, I just I just don't think they're they're national team material, but that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, agree to this. We agree. have the last Speaking component of defense. Of <laughs> yeah. Well, we have the last component of uh, the trials, loans, transfers, all this, uh, all this section, which is the unconfirmed, unclear situations. Well, basically, transfers that still need to happen i mean we we haven't even uh, entered into the transfer window anyway but we're soon gonna uh, see what's gonna happen with these players the first one is varastad haroyan we uh we got the news yesterday that um um malaga wants him um Kadif is uh not taking him into consideration uh would easily be a better move because if he's not going to play at Cardiff, uh, then just get him somewhere he's going to play and get him uh, to be a, a great factor of uh, playing a big role for a team. Uh, the no, next he player... He, he needs out, but not to Malaga. Yeah, I, I would not want to see him in any second division. <laughs> I'd rather he goes to Portugal, Belgium, 
Netherlands. If there's that option, though. I mean, with the yeah. option that we have here. Yeah, it, we don't know about his agents and stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. still a long time. I mean, anyone yeah. can come knocking. So, uh, in this, you know, in this football world, anything is possible. So, for this, for the moment, this is the situation. Uh, Sarkis Adamian, um, he's already out of Bruges. Um, Hoffenheim is not taking it into consideration as well. He's wanted by Werder Bremen and some under, uh, other undisclosed German clubs. But the key team here is Schalke. Why? Because our next unclear, unconfirmed situation is Eduard Spetsian, who is also wanted by Schalke. Uh, so I don't know about you boys, but if uh, we see... I see where you're going. Yeah, if we see the duo there, it will be very, very interesting. Uh, so, uh, Sarkis Adamian is going to be somewhere in Germany, very likely. Uh, we're hoping for other places, uh, of course, but Germany we're, we're still happy with. Um, Eduard Spertian uh, is wanted by the other club in top five leagues. Uh, Krasnodar is... I mean, how? What percentage should I put? Seventy-five percent, eighty percent that they're gonna sell him. Uh, Spray Sam obviously needs to move out of there to play Europe, to play in a more uh, uh, advanced league. It's his time to move to an advanced league. Uh, he's he's our upcoming top star. Any comments, boys? Before I move on to the next one. Yeah, not not really. I mean, he is the story of the summer, and he <laughs> is. I gotta agree. He is our currently our best player, and in the future, like who knows how many Armenian Player of the Year's awards uh, uh, wait for him. It, mm. uh, Keep an eye. I, I think it's I mean, everyone's keeping an eye on his goal. I think, um, I mean, well, there's a number of clubs that are after this kid right now: Monaco, Nice, Brest, Cologne. at least ten. Wolfsburg, Schalke, and those are just the ones that we know of, uh, that we actually know the names of the clubs. And I'm, I'm, I'm positive he's going to make the move this summer, um, I, because I think you know, of course, the, the transfer window is not even open yet. It opens July 1st, um, and like you know, like, as mentioned, Krasnodar could really use the money, uh, considering European competitions out of the question, uh, and you know, they're going to be hemorrhaging funds and. And he's the type of guy that, you know... Yeah, the sanctions, everything. The whole he, situation. He, he's the type of guy that's going to do... You know, he loves his boyhood club, so he's going to do whatever it takes um, to, you know, to 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 help his club. So, and, and I think that's the... It's going to be a win-win situation all around. Uh, it's just, you know, yet to be seen where he's going to go. I just hope he makes a, a good decision uh, and a good long-term decision, um, you know, and I think the Bundesliga would be a great league for him. I think the French league would also be a great league for him. Um, and I think Serie A would also be a good league for him. So uh, we'll see. But uh, but I do have um, a little bit of news uh, from an article by Kicker a couple hours ago, actually. So TSG Hoffenheim started their training, uh, their preseason yesterday, or today, actually. And they had 24 players in the squad, nine, none of which was Saris Adanyan. Uh, and according to Kicker, uh, Adamian is on his way out from Hoffenheim. They are looking to offload him. It's confirmed. 
but he is still on holiday because he played for the national team, of course. Um, and according to Kicker, there are several Bundesliga clubs that are interested uh, and that are very serious in signing Sagi Sadamian. So it's looking highly likely that, that Sako is going to stay in the German top flight, which is very good news for us, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty right. good. So uh, next one is the ghost of the national team this window, Artur Galoyan. I call him the ghost because he <laughs> were expecting for him to appear in this transfer window after uh, signing him, but uh, after bringing him to the national team, but it didn't happen. Uh, he's wanted by half of the Russian Premier League, but a billionaire who purchased a uh, Russian second-year club is said to be obsessed with signing him. So, um, the thing is, Rostov is ideal for him, for us, because uh, of the national team aspirations. Um, if he moves to another club, eh, it's going to be tough. Uh, you boys can add more to that, because I'm sure you know uh, you have more comments on the, on this thing, on this matter. Um, yeah, but the, the Armenian national team connection with Rostov, with Rostov which is uh, one of the clubs that's most, the most interested in him. Uh, I mean, uh, there's not much to add. The, there's this billionaire in the way that wants him for himself. Uh, anything can happen. I mean, uh, we'll, we, we'll be waiting for the news, but this is the current... Uh, state of affairs for uh, the ghost hmm. uh, and the final one on our uh, list is David Davidian uh, so uh, his situation is that after his incident with him keyboard he's uh, he's most likely going to be out of the club and he's reported to be signing for uh the APL champions, Punic, which we're going to discuss very soon about Punic. Mm-hmm. It would be a good signing. According to Transfer Market, he is actually will be loaned to Punic from Kimki. So it's not a purchase, it's a loan oh. uh, starting July 1st and ends on June 30th, 2023. So he's going to go on a season-long loan to Punic. Would be awesome. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the transfer windows. We're going to be having to deal with this, I think, throughout the next month or so. Uh, as, you know, we hope to see a lot of transfers happening. A lot of good Armenian players going to better leagues. Uh, but this time of year is also the beginning of the Continental Club competitions. And Woo! this year, Armenia have four counted four representatives uh, in UEFA competitions. Uh, first, we will start in the UEFA Champions League, where Armenian Premier League winners Punic will face off against CFR Cluj of Romania. Um, incredibly difficult first round draw, I would say. Uh, kind of unlucky from us. Um, and... Could have been better. Uh, could have could have also been worse. But considering uh, the current transition period or lack thereof that Punic is going through right now, 
uh, with losing a couple of players and not really signing yeah. anyone new. Uh, I think bringing in Davidian uh, instead of, I believe, Gabriel, he would be the direct replacement for GG10. Um, not a bad thing. I would say, actually, that's a, that's a I would say, an upgrade uh, because he's a young, dynamic yeah, way younger. Um, but the thing that worries me the most is Cluj is in full swing of preseason. They've played four different teams already. They've yet to concede a goal in their preseason. Um, they're not playing the best opposition, but they're also not playing that bad of opposition, probably around the level of Punic. Uh, and they're winning fairly comfortably. Meanwhile, Punic is like, you know, like that meme where the guy with the stick like pokes him and goes like, come on, do something. Like, that's kind of what it feels like right now with this club. Um, Armin. First leg is at home in Yerevan on July 5th. Second leg is away in Romania on July 13th. Mm. How do you assess Punic's chances of going through to the Champions League second round, uh, which is crucial for their European hopes, uh, which we'll discuss in a little bit. But how do you assess their shot at going through? Not much. Not high. Not, I don't. that's basically it yeah we're talking about the champions of the romanian league um i mean one month ago i would have like it would have been uh, there would have been a chance one month ago when they became apl champs right mm -hmm. well as you said the progress they've made since it it wasn't positive so Mm like i don't know three starters three staple bench players um didn't make any signings aside from the supposed david jan signing that isn't even confirmed by the club yet mm. they're not playing friendlies i don't know that it's like that you said it it's like we're waiting for them to to do something and and they're not so i it's not looking good yeah, and, and funnily enough, I was I'm just looking through their their squad and assessing what their squad is gonna look like by the time they play, uh, uh by the time they play Punic. And funnily enough, one of um Edgar Babayan's teammates at uh, at Vechle, uh Dennis Kolinger, uh, the 28 year old central defender, uh, the Croatian, was actually just signed by them on loan. Weird, I think. Uh, if that's anything to say, they pretty much had a shaky defense, so. Hopefully he starts, <laughs> but I I think I agree with your assessment and and, and it sucks because um, as we've mentioned before maybe for those listeners who you know weren't around this time last year uh, if you lose in the first round of Champions League qualifiers you go to the Conference League second round but if you win and you lose in the second round of Champions League qualifiers you go to the Europa League which then if you subsequently lose there in the third round you go to the Conference League playoffs. So I think winning the first match of Champions League is is extremely crucial in Punic's hopes of getting into European competition because it essentially gives them a free pass to the Conference League playoffs. Um, And so it's a really, really big 180 minutes coming up that could potentially define uh, Punic's European (laughs) campaign. You're holding on to a little tiny, the tiniest, slimmest thread of hope, aren't you? Yeah, because, you know, looking looking ahead, if the winner between this match, uh, between Punic and Cluj, 
play against Dudelange, who Armenians know yeah. very well, and Tirana. That's a winnable draw. And, and those are winnable draws. So I think both of these teams are looking at it like, okay. And I don't think I don't think Cluj is underestimating Punic because not at all. Re- realistically, even if Punic is keeping a majority of the same team they had last season, that's Which still a very good Punic side. I mean, this is a team that lost what three times the whole season, and I mean, and they they had this incredible run uh, to de- to dethrone Arada Armenia and to win the title. So I, it's not like it's a bad team, uh, but. They are also lost a couple of key players um, in Hugo Firmino, who was a great striker for them, who went to Adara Armenia. Uh, they lost Arman Hovanesian, which, let's be real, not that big of a loss. And then they lost <laughs> Gevor Gazarian, who, despite his age, is a big locker room presence. So Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if they lost Serge Deblé as well. Uh, I think there was a rumor that he was going, he was leaving the club too. But they lost Firmino, as you said, and... They also lost Devon Batanian, that, that was Firmino's uh, second string. Mm-hmm. But he went on, he signed with Noah in, in search of minutes. So uh, that's two strikers, first and second string, out of the picture, all, uh, like all of a sudden. They're going to need to sign some quality well, striker before they play clues. Well, as of now, the way that their squad is shaping up is actually a lot better than we had originally anticipated. Uh, because, yes, they have lost Firmino, but they gained Yusuf Odubanjo from Adara Armenia, who is... Ah, a, that was a good signing. A decent signing. As of now, they have retained Deble, but from what I understand, he's going to be going to... A, he's going to be transferring out, most likely. Um, and they do have Nindanovic, who is a Serb, uh, is a decent target forward, but... Most importantly, in my opinion, uh, Granik Petrosian is actually back on loan from Bekma to Punic. Is he back? Yes, he will be. He is officially back. So is he is he doing is he spending preseason with them? I'm not sure because Punic have been weirdly secretive about their preseason. But uh, his loan officially does end on the 30th. Yeah, uh, yeah technically it does, and I I believe it's not the the only Bekma player that uh, it's gonna be technically back from the loan i believe it's or uh i think it was eric azizian from van that was on loan at van and he's going back but that then again that's technically that's a technicality what we have could be loaned out again we have edgar mofsesian uh right winger from bekma uh not not that great of a not that great honestly i like him i I like how he plays and we have arthur grigorian who um is a, a solid no Armenian league caliber central midfielder. Not the best, eh. not the worst. He's like no, average. If best. anything, I'm more excited about uh, Grenik and Football Canton star Grenik and, uh, and then Movsesian, Edgar Movsesian. Yeah, and, and and it looks like a majority of the back line is being retained. Uh, they have brought in Sergei Vakulenko from Adara Armenia. Kind of surprising Adara Armenia let him go uh, because he, he, has, he was solid for them, I would say. So... There are there have been some reinforcements, so it's not all doom and gloom. Um, there is a good amount of players. There are players that can, you know, show their talent. Hopefully, Gevork Najarian gets a lot more playtime. I know Armanil, Armanil, you'll be a fan of that one. Yeah. Um, but what that's you know. Well, you I mean, their their midfield looks great. I mean, they haven't let go of any of their midfield, which uh, they're all quality. Sambrano, Najarian, Harutunian, Dashian, they all 
they're all staying and they're all uh, solid European club uh, club competition group stages. So that's the core of the team, and it's good that they're keeping that. Yes, definitely. Uh, so that match again, uh, July. 5th, Tuesday, July 5th is the home leg, and then Wednesday, July 13th is the away leg. Uh, again, if Punic win, they'll play between uh, the winner between Duralange and Tirana. If Punic lose, they go down to the Conference League second round against Interclub de Escalades. Um, so we'll patiently await those matches, and we will be covering it on Football Gintron as always. Uh, dropping down to the UEFA Europa Conference League, where Armenia have three participants this season, uh, we start with our favorite team in the league, Alashkert, who will be playing against Hamrun Spartans of no. Malta. Um, he did not just say the favorite team. Yeah, that was all sarcasm. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say, just in case, make it clear. Just in I, case. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, who, like, what deity this club prays to. Because they get the they get the best draws. I mean, I'm hoping they don't. Um, I'm hoping they don't get like obliterated up, yeah. and embarrassed. But like, they have been extremely fortunate uh, with their draws, and now they've drawn a team from Malta. Which let's be let's be real, Alashkert. As much as we you know make fun of them, they should be able to win this game, right? I mean, yeah. Interestingly enough. Uh, Rumian Hovsipian is coming back from Floriana in Malta as well. Mm-hmm. And he, he was way too good to go to Malta. And I think he went for the, a little bit of the money and a little bit of the, the lifestyle. So he's going to know this Spartans pretty well. Mm-hmm. And he's a great player. I mean, he wasted his potential. Uh, uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Too bad yeah. Alashkert actually let go of uh, Arvan Papigian was what was one of the most exciting players at that club. Well, they didn't only let him go. They let about, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, oh, seven, no, they, eight, they let nine, go of 10, like 11, 10 12, and 13, signed 14. another 10. So as of now, officially, they've let go of 15 players and they've signed six, including Hovsepian, uh, Anan Mensa from Urardu, Sargis Shahinian from Arla Armenia. That was... Well, that one was shocking, especially because he literally he signed from Noah. He went to Ararat Armenia this trans like two weeks ago. Yeah, and then they also have Benny Kovanesian, uh, who went from Noah to Van, and now he's at Alashkert. But the most interesting signing, in my opinion, is Sargis Metoyan, who comes from the Romanian second division, who was the top scorer of the Armenian second division last season until his winter transfer. So very interested to see what he does in the first team. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm I'm sense I'm getting um, what was the name of this guy Arigian, Grigor Arigian vibes from this Sarkis Metoyan dude, uh, a good striker with a decent potential that signs for Alashkert. I can't yeah. go right. I, I mean, can't go well. in Lern- for Lerna in Artsakh last season. In 15 games, he had 14 goals and one assist. Uh, so that was a goal contribution every 87 minutes. Um, so he's been, he was very solid, but he couldn't replicate that form in the Romanian second tier, uh, where he well, actually only played for 46 minutes total in, in three appearances. So he didn't even get the opportunity, realistically. And he is a, he's a product of the Ararat 
uh, and Davin Academies. Uh, and and it, realistically, we haven't seen much of him. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll get, hopefully, a better look. Um, but in addition to Metoyan, they've also signed a pair of uh, players from Honduras, I believe, uh, including this guy, Vladimir Diaz, who's a 29-year-old center forward. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. He looks like a journeyman. I'm not I excited. Yeah, not not looking that great. But uh, you know what? It's all Ashket, man. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. So all Ashket will be taking on. Let them go. Months. Let them go. Right. That's what they did. They were that. They probably sang that while they were terminating a bunch of contracts. So if all Ashket beat <laughs> Hamrun Spartans, they play against Velas Mostar of Bosnia, uh, where all Ashket are very likely favorites again. Um, again, it's seeded. Um, it's seeded. It's uh, it's all the seeding that they're getting it somehow. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it, I think it's purely because what they got one draw in the conference league last season, so they've been just like shot up their their personal coefficients. Um, next up, Ararat Yerevan will be playing against Shakendia Tetovo of North Macedonia. Um, Ararat Yerevan again losing out on their coach Vardan Bichakchan. Uh, in the middle of the season, I believe, due to some financial disputes or, or some things of that nature. And they have also been hemorrhaging players, I believe. So they're also in a weird situation. Right, Armin? Yeah, I, I mean, the, their, their new coach is, uh, I believe, uh, Aram Voskanian or something Voskanian. He's a good coach. He, he, he worked in Kazakhstan, if I'm not mistaken, and he did a very decent uh, role but the thing yeah i mean last last time out the last transfer window was uh fatal to them and and they found some stability uh i i think they would have performed even worse than they actually did so if they signed uh, oh you know that they actually signed alexander glishich which uh i think uh He's a former Alashkert uh, striker with a lot of with knack for goal, uh, pretty much a show of kind of a volcanic Tiklan uh, Pazakian, and I don't like how like the, that style of player. But I think it's gonna be okay for Ararat Yerevan because they need a big personality up front, and, yeah. and of course, <laughs> needless to say, they need uh, someone with a knack for goal when they. Yes. Literally don't have anyone besides uh, Edgar Malakian. Yeah, so so they so the departures from Ararat Yerevan include uh, Ermakov, who is leaving and going to Ararat Armenia. That Robert was, Hakopian, yeah, that one was big. And Polos Ivazian, who both went to Shirak, and then Grigor Muradian, who was released. Uh, and they've since brought in Glisic, as you mentioned, uh, Podopov from Alashkert, Arman Makarchan from mm-hmm. Oravank, Gor Manukian from Artsakh, Serov Galustian from Bekma. Um, Gevorg Arabian from Shirak Yumri, uh, Babu Cham from Noravank, and Vardan Arzoyan, who was without a club but formerly of Urardu. And the weirdest one is this guy, Drilon Kastrati, uh, who is a mm-hmm. uh, ethnic Kosovoian. Kosovo. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. from uh, who played in the second tier of Switzerland uh, and somehow made his way to Adelaide Yerevan. He's a former Swiss under-17 international. He had 10 appearances. Uh, he's a central midfielder. 
played for uh, Zurich Youth Academy all the way up to under 21s. Was played for yeah, Freiburg. Played for Freiburg under 19s, and then somehow this kid ends up in Armenia. <laughs> so I, I don't hey, get it. What, what position does he play? He's a he's a cent, he's a box to box central midfielder. Okay, that's good. Uh, not, and he's that, only not 20 that, years old. Not that they were missing that type of player, but eh, <laughs> can't hurt to have someone with uh, that type of class. Uh, Ermakov is this their goalkeeper. Ermakov is the the hardest one to replace, but they signed two good keepers in in Manukian and Potapov, so hopefully yeah. they'll they won't have many problems adapting. So again, they play Skandaria Tatova of North Macedonia, a team that we don't really know much about, but we do know about North Macedonia a lot, and we know that every time Armenians are playing against Macedonians, uh, it's either a flurry of goals or a snorefest. So it's probably gonna be one of those two. Uh, if Ararat Yerevan win, they play Valmeria of Latvia, which is another close match on paper. Uh, and if Ararat lose, of course, because this is the Conference League, they will be out. Um, so, last team is Ararat Armenia, the runners-up of the Armenian Premier League. They will be facing the winner between Dinamo Tbilisi, or Tiflis, and Paide of Estonia in the second round of the Conference League. And this is, of course, because... Uh, the winners of the Armenian Cup, Noravank, who were supposed to be going into the second round of Conference League, uh, are no longer existing as a club and were denied Europe. So Ararat Armenia reaped the benefits, uh, which I think I speak on behalf of all of us when I say uh, probably for the better. So we'll do a little bit more of a detailed breakdown of that one on the next show uh, because we'll get to know who they're going to face, first of all. And second of all, have a better understanding of what their preseason is looking like. Uh, because as we discussed, Ottawa Armenia have made uh, a ton of moves uh, in this. Yeah, in, big in names. This. So a lot of big names and a lot of national team players are going to be playing for Ottawa Armenia now, including um, one, of our favorites, one of our favorites, Joppa Mokachan, who, you know, Stiopa Strong. Oh, Stiopa Strong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's going to be awesome. I mean, they got Ermakov from Ararat Yerevan. They have Khachumian uh, from Bekma, Arman Hovanesian, uh, uh, Gazarian. They signed Hugo Firmino from Punic. Uh, so, look, Ararat Armenia strengthened their squad. Okay, uh, but it gives me mixed feelings because on the one hand they strengthened their squad, on the other hand they're not playing any preseason friendlies other than the one they killed Ararat Yerevan in the Ararat Derby at, at a friendly and that's not much of a reference uh, nothing to draw conclusions from and they're mm -hmm. going to be playing most likely a very decent Georgian uh, powerhouse as is Dinamo Tiflis and Tiflis are going to be uh, getting into the, the draw with, uh, with in form which is yeah. exactly what Ararat Armenia is missing. So if they they fix that, they have a better shot. Well, the second leg is a month away. I mean, this, the the first leg is on July twentieth. The second leg is on July twenty seventh. So there is plenty of time, I think, for Ararat Armenia to arrange a few preseason friendlies oh, and, and get, yeah, into, but, get into form. But again, not playing a competitive game. They must game. announce that first. Uh, we know how they are. They're not going to announce anything. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully well, they do. I mean, last time out, bro. Remember the friendly, the pre, last preseason, the 
the one Ararat Armenia and Punic did against Russian Premier League clubs. Now, yeah. That was huge. I, I agree. Um, but I think if, if we are just looking at purely what this team is, uh, it's, it's led by an Armenian coach, which we've been mm-hmm. asking for. It's led by an Armenian coach that plays Armenian players as evident by go. their friendly win. I think m- m- almost the entire starting 11 was Armenian bar like two players or three players, mm-hmm. which is fine, which is what we're okay with seeing. He's going to bring the best, most likely, out of Girard Charoyan, which is what we want. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to be playing all Armenian midfield, which we want. Stiopa Mukherjee is going to be playing at a much better level, which is what we want. Mm-hmm. So I think the national team is going to see a lot of positives from this as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's mostly positives from FCAA. Yeah, so that one, of course, is going to be a little bit later. Uh, in the meantime, though, there is a lot of football coming up. Hopefully, uh, we see some victories because, you know, we kind of really need that right now <laughs> for our confidence. <laughs> when and, don't we? Yeah, right? When don't we? But you know what? If Alashkert can do it, God, someone can, I swear. <laughs> really. That's, that's, that one. should be the big takeaway from all this. Well, uh, Man, any last true. thoughts, gentlemen, before we wrap up the show? Not really. Just uh, make sure to go and check out, if you haven't, our last thread on uh, potential Armenian diaspora players that may have gone under the FFA radar. And, and, and don't let this go and be misunderstood. We know there are huge names. Uh, just read the notes. Just read the notes and read the whole thread while you're at it. You're going to be entertained. Chadens, anything from you? Uh, no, we pretty much covered it all. Uh, we're hoping to see exciting football very, very soon. Yes. All right. Well, everyone, on behalf of the boys here, on behalf of Tito uh, and our backroom staff, because, you know, we have a lot of people takes a lot <laughs> to, to, to keep football games from running. Taking care of us. Uh, yeah, taking care of us. us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank to you for listening. Team. If you, yeah, the makeup team, the cameraman. Uh, <laughs> Sporting uh, directors. Sporting directors, yeah. Our scouts. <laughs> Technical managers. Yeah, all those people. Football, uh, it's pretty much, all that's pretty much just Tito on Football Manager. <laughs> covers all that. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you don't already, uh, follow us on our socials. We passed 1,000 followers on Twitter. Thank you very much to everyone who followed us. Uh, please share our social media. Follow us on Instagram. Everything gets posted on YouTube. We have a Facebook account. Chadens, right? That thing exists. Uh, like that and we'll see you guys next time thank you for listening peace